You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. We talk moto events from around the world. All the injuries, all the training ins and outs, the bikes, parts and gear inspections, the results. We interview your favourite riders. It's the Always Moto Podcast. We occasionally have some coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If you don't like it or you don't agree with us, turn it off right now. I'd like to remind you that he is not a doctor. That's right, Moto fans, I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist, and this is episode 71 of the Always Moto podcast. As always, I'm your host, David Hogan. We'll be joined later in the show by the Always Moto contractor, Ben Grinley. Uh, well, actually, no, no, we won't. He's actually... Uh, a little slouch on the couch right now. He is having a little slouch on the couch right now. Unfortunately, Benny had a big weekend and uh, won't be present on the Always Moto podcast this week. He's uh, unfortunately having a little slouch on the couch and taking a rest after a big weekend of AFL footy uh, and a Luke Coombs concert. So uh, he's having a little rest. But anyway, we'll catch up with Ben on the next go around for the Always Moto podcast. This is the Always Moto podcast. We are in the depths of the clinic. And we are throwing strapping tape anywhere it will stick. As always on the show, we're going through things, all things moto, particularly the injuries in our sport, because hashtag injuries are a part of moto. This week on the show, we'll be talking all things super motocross as the series heads to the final motocross round at Ironman before they kick into the super motocross, uh, I say world championship series. It's a loose term. It's the one those Americans throw around, but they're going to have their playoff series here shortly in September. Uh, but we got that final round to go at Ironman. Can Jet go undefeated in 2023 motocross for the 450s? We'll have to wait and see. Two motos to go. We also check in with Bubba Pauly. He's an AMA team owner and rider. And we get to find out about how his ugly thumb injury is going and his plans for 2024. Catch up. We also catch up on the Always Moto Fantasy League uh, and the emergency department where all those injuries are listed for you. But bringing us show today, it's Competitive Edge Performance. Are you looking to take your performance to the next level? Competitive Edge Performance is the go-to provider of strength and conditioning programs, sports nutrition, and on-bike coaching schools for athletes of all levels. Whether you are just starting out or a seasoned pro, they've got you covered. Offering in-person sessions and top-notch online programs accessible anywhere, anytime through their awesome training app. Competitive Edge Performance believes everyone deserves access to the best training and performance methods so you can ride faster and safer and feel damn good doing it. With over 10 years industry experience and plenty more of personal racing experience, their coaches know what it takes to succeed. Join Competitive Edge Performance today. Always Moto Podcast listeners, listen up. You get 50% off your first month on their training app using the comp, the, uh, using the comp, using the code Comp Edge Coach, all in capital letters. So that's C O M P E D G E C O A C H. Make sure you're using that code, guys and girls. It's a decent saving and get yourselves into shape with competitive edge performance. All right. Also, bringing the show today is Slantboard Guy. These all link together. They're all performance athletic based products that we've got here attached to this show. 
Slantboard Guy, we have that affiliate deal in place. They offer 10% discount for Always Moto Podcast listeners. So if you want to get your squats on point in the gym, improve your standing technique on the bike with stronger legs, this simple piece of equipment is for you. Use the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase at checkout to save. Also, endurance recovery boots. If you want to train, you need to be recovered. And to be recovered, you need to use endurance recovery boots. And they will help you be your best for your next effort. Use the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase at checkout to save with endurance recovery boots. If you haven't checked out our reviews on Slantboard Guy and endurance recovery boots over on uh, fullnoise.com.au, you should definitely do so and find out why you should be using them in a bit more detail. Same with Tech 167 3D Printing. We've got a review up on that as well. Oh, sorry, a, 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 a product announcement on that one. We've got a review coming out on that one in a couple of months' time after we've been using it for a bit longer period. But if you need something cool for your bike, maybe just a funnel that screws straight into that oil cap and means no mess, then check out these products from Tech 167. A special code for you guys and girls out there, always moto and lowercase at checkout, and it will get you a discount. Now, actually, Tech 167, I should point out, their website, uh, in terms of their online website, is down you've got to email them direct and they will still give you a discount being an always moto podcast listener so make sure you let them know when you're sending that email to order the products from them and as always um, the show's growing and we need some more support to keep things going and bringing you more content we have our merch available we have our t-shirts available the shirts are $25 plus postage and handling um, show your show support and get one of these t-shirts and rock it at your next race email info at alwaysmoto.com and put t-shirt order in the subject line and send in your size and we'll get that payment sorted out via PayPal and delivered to you ASAP speaking of PayPal if you are able to donate to the show directly our PayPal account is linked in our show bios and our show notes um, send us whatever you can it'd be greatly appreciated if you want to leave a question or a comment do that as well we'll read it out live on the show to find all of our supporters and all the links to all the great um, things going on with always moto check out our show notes check out our bio you'll find the links to all those things from our social pages all right enough with this intro talk let's jump into the show Hey, what's up, guys? It's Scott Meshi, number 411, and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, we are rolling on the Always Moto Podcast, and as we mentioned in the intro, there is nobody else tonight. Uh, the Always Moto Contractor is uh, is off. He's laying on the couch. He's not well. Uh, so we're flying solo tonight, back like the old days and the original ones of the uh, of Always Moto Podcast. If you've listened to, the, listened to us from the beginning, it was just me in the start. So we're back to that just for tonight. Hopefully he's back and on deck with us here again next week. Let's get into it. So uh, Bud's Creek was on the weekend. Jet won again. He's on the way to that perfect season. And we're going to have a little chat about that here in a sec as to how we think that's going to go. And if... And just a little comparison, really, uh, in terms of the other perfect seasons already completed. Everybody's been talking about how they think this is a bit easy for him, and mainly because Eli's not there, mainly because Chase is underdone, missed a couple of rounds in the middle. Uh, But we're going to make a little comparison to some interesting facts that we've just had a quick look up from those past perfect seasons. And you can make your own judgments from there about how you think that is in comparison to what Jet's doing so far this year. Now... In terms of the race on the weekend, obviously Jet won. Things got a little tight there in, in that second moto, but I think that uh, Chase closing up after his little tip over was a little bit circumstantial in terms of Jet probably relaxed, 
didn't push through those lap times as much as he probably possibly could have and then got caught up with a few lappers there right at the end and obviously there was a couple of tiny mistakes when he started trying to push again on that final lap that just made things look a little closer than they probably were in reality so just Jet being Jet, managing the lead, he still got it done. I don't think there's any concern there at that point for him. But there's one to go, and will that pressure start to build in terms of both of those motos? Will he notice anything different? Will he think about things? Will he ride tight? We've seen in the past with Jet when he was trying to wrap up that first 250 title at Hangtown that year, things went a little astray for him in those motors. He still got it done, but he wasn't able to ride in the same freedom that he did in previous rounds. Now, things are obviously a little bit different. He's got more experience in those situations and he's on a 450. So will that be enough and will he just, you know, breeze through this on the weekend? I think he gets it done, but will it be as simple as that? Only Jet will know and only Jet will be able to tell you at the end of it if he was in his own head about these things on the starts and You'll notice that in his riding and if he gets bad starts or if he gets, you know, makes rush decisions in trying to make passes if he needs to. So we'll have to see how that all plays out. But it'll be interesting to see if he can become only the third rider in history to be a rider that gets a perfect season in the outdoors championship in the AMA. Now, moving into that 250 class, uh, things are looking pretty good for Hunter Lawrence in the 250 championship. He had a very solid outing there at Bud's Creek. Even with a bit of a misstart there in terms of the restart that happened for Moto 1, Hunter still managed to get himself back out into the mix at the front. Yes, Justin Cooper showed some fight, finally, but is that too late for him? And he did manage to get in front of um, Hunter for that one. But Hunter managed to do what he does. He's been doing all season long in Moto2. Got to the front and just put put down put down the hammer and made sure that he had that Moto in the bag. And he did he did what he needed to do. He's he came out of there with exactly the same points gap. Nothing changes. He's got 22 points heading into this final round. Ideally, he's playing it you know steady and just gets this done, and nothing goes astray. But as they talk about on the coverage and as we've heard in you know from other media sources over the years with the star racing guys things can get a little bit you know they they fight to the very end so whether they line up some extra guys next to to hunter to just put some pressure on him whether justin cooper puts another bit of a forceful move on him like he did in that buds buds creek moto there at moto one in the restart are those things going to play any factors or will Hunter just get good starts and disappear? Will Hunter just play it safe and just sit behind Justin Cooper in these motos? be interesting to see, but I just want to s- – I'm hoping for Hunter and all us Aussie fans out there that Hunter can get this done and join his brother as a 250 national champ. And it'll be super cool to have Aussies winning both the 450 and 250 championships in the in the AMA series in the one year. Something that's never happened before. They're going to create history if they do this. Uh, it'll just be a spectacular season for the Lawrence brothers over in America. Now, the restart. Hayden Deegan, oh my God, sending it in there like he was a bat out of hell. But can you really blame him? I mean, the guy had an eight-second lead before that red flag was thrown for Hardy, and we'll talk about that in the emergency department. It was justified. There was a rider injured and it needed to be addressed. So that that's not the issue. The issue is obviously the rules that need to probably be updated in terms of the restart methods and making sure that the guy that had an eight-second advantage at the time the flag was thrown still has some sort of advantage, not just the first gate pick because that in motocross, as we all know, is good but not good enough in terms of that restart point of view. 
So, yeah, I can understand why Hayden sent it in there. He felt he should have been at the front. He felt that he should have been, you know, taking that lead again. Uh, but he got a bit overzealous, caught an edge, threw the bike and himself across the front of the field. Lucky he didn't take out more people. Lucky for Hunter that he had a really good start in that one and it already cleared that area that Hayden went flying through. So, yeah, look, it just it went, it's gone from bad to worse for Hayden in the last few rounds. Obviously, that Unadilla moto with the, with the motor going. Um, now this one at Buds Creek, two average motos. Things didn't go to plan, despite the fact they were looking really good at the beginning of the day. Yeah, hopefully he can rebound here at uh, Ironman at the final round. But what that looks like, he's out of probably the championship hunt at this stage. Things would have to go really strangely for him to get him. Um, but look, it's no matter what, it's been a great rookie season for Hayden, Hayden Deegan at this point in time. All right, let's jump into this little comparison that I'm going to do here for the past perfect seasons to what could potentially be Jet's perfect season here in 2023. Now, interestingly enough, the past perfect seasons have all happened on even years in the 02, 04, and 08 seasons. Obviously, Ricky Carmichael got the 02 and 04s. James Stewart got the 08 season. Now, I thought I'd compare, compare the field now, obviously, these motors are over 24. Originally, Jet's season is going to be over 22. If he gets it done, it'll be 22 and 0 versus the 24 and 0. But the interesting comparison is the riders that were in, uh, were in those fields when RC and James did it. In 2002, RC was up against three past Supercross regional champs, two past national champs, one past world motocross champ. Now, when I say three champs, Three's regional champs, that could be that there was one rider that had two. In 2004, there was four past Supercross regional champs and two past World Motocross and a Supercross champ in that field. In 2008, James Stewart was up against only two past Supercross regional champs. In 2023, Jet Lawrence is currently up against eight past national champions for Motocross and Supercross and seven regional Supercross champs. Now, these guys cross over a few times, but you get the picture. For my quick comparison here, there is a lot more past champions in the 2023 field that Jet Lawrence is up against than there was for James Stewart and Ricky Carmichael in their perfect seasons. Yes, Eli Tomac isn't there. Yes, Chase Sexton missed part of the season, but the rest of the numbers don't lie. So it looks like Jet's perfect season, if it comes off, could be just as good as the RC and James Stewart past perfect seasons. Interesting comparison, right? Just something to think about when you're looking at this and you're listening to these guys and in the in the coverage talking about it uh, over the weekend, if it comes off. Uh, obviously, Jet's got to get two more moto wins before this can be counted. But just an interesting comparison I was thinking about this week and I thought I'd bring to you guys uh, and girls out there while you're listening to the Always Moto podcast to show that we don't just do injury stats, that are, uh, we're thinking about some other stuff here as well too. All right, now without Benny here, this is obviously a shorter show. We're going to move straight into our usual favorite topic here on the Pulp, uh, on, on the Always Moto podcast, the Pulp MX Fantasy League that we have. Our Always Moto Fantasy League there over on the Pulp MX game. 
Uh, obviously, it's coming to an end here for motocross season. Now, the league will still run through Super Motocross and we'll still have, obviously, the, the standings and stuff that gets done for that. There will be no prizes for the Super Motocross Series. We haven't been able to organise anything. It's been too busy for us here, unfortunately. Sorry for that, guys and girls out there. Uh, we'll get sorted for Supercross 2024. Uh, but the motocross series, we're going to have top five overalls having prizes. They'll be made up of Coastal Motorcycle Centre, gift vouchers, um, some of the prizes that haven't been given out over the past season, those Rip Clear, um, Rip Clear Universal lenses. Uh, we will have some Goat Brand MX socks uh, and whatever. I think there's some Bolt Everywhere gloves left over as well. So we'll have those few prizes across the top five overall so if you're in that top five at the end of the season which will be that you know sunday afternoon um, get in touch with us here at always motor and we'll hook you up with those prizes from there on out now talking prizes our random prize winner that was going to be the last uh active position score that scored points from buds creek uh it ended up being quite high it was um uh, and it ended up being 325 Motorsports, which we've been in touch with, waiting to hear back on that. And that was that winner. The prize for that one will be Zach Sinesco's Motorcycle Repairs supplying us that air filter service kit. So well done to 325 Motorsports. And that prize will be sorted out once we get back in touch, once he gets back in touch with us or she gets back in touch with us. Uh, so we'll sort that out there. So thanks to Zach Sinesco for providing that prize. Now let's have a quick look at the positions here for the uh you know, the Fantasy League stats for Benny and myself. Now, we came into the last round tied. Unfortunately, I had an absolute crap sh- crap showing, and I almost got the last active um, position in our league. I was that bad off. So I've slipped back to 50th now. I'm, I'm 3,759 points. Benny's got just, uh, what's that, 27 points on me now. He's up into 48. So I'm going to have to have a pretty solid round here to get over the top of him at the final round now that went so badly for me because of a few riders that i had picked unfortunately at buds creek things didn't go very well for me and i'm going to run through my team here just to show you what happened uh so mainly it was my 450s um i managed to have Derek drake who only got 26 points rider floyd got me nothing dylan Fernandez got me 39 points and jeremy hand got me eight so that was terrible um, I also managed to pick Hayden Deegan as a first to the finish line, which I got, but then it gets wiped on his on the restart because the first start doesn't count, which is frustrating. But I did manage to get Jet Lawrence, so things sort of evened out there. In my 250 team, I did all right because I had Jalik Swole in 72 points. I had Joe Shimoda at 43, Styles Robinson at 58, but I then had Pierce Brown. And as everybody saw, Pierce did a massive somersault on the start straight on the start of the moto there uh, and didn't score very well in that moto. So he only got me nine points. So yeah, bit of a shocking round for me. Now, we're not going to run through team picks for this week because they're going to try and do those a bit closer to the round. Um, But it's looking like we're going to have to go pretty hard out for myself to get in front of Benny. Um, Now, if you want to join into these chats that we have going for the Always Moto Fantasy League, we've got one on Instagram you just need to send a DM to myself or Benny. Um, Benny's Instagram is Grino, G-R-I-N-O, 22. 
um, or always moto, you can send it to that one and we can get you into that group chat. There's a lot of other moto information going around in that group chat, not just fantasy talk. So even if you don't play fantasy, you just want to be a part of the group chat because you get shared. We share around a lot of moto content from a, from the social platforms. Just it's a quick way and easy way to stay up to date and have a bit of a, a bit of a bullshit session with the guys and girls in there about those topics as well. So nice way to stay in touch and be a part of the always moto community there. Now let's uh, finish off the fantasy talk here. Uh, let's thank those sponsors because they're going to be giving away prizes again here very, very shortly next week. Uh, and it's great to have them on board again. Most of them have been here for a, quite a while and we'll have to try and reconfirm some of these heading into uh, you know, next season. And I actually forgot a couple of prizes there when I was mentioning the top five. We're going to have the Thor, um, Thor goggles and Michelin tubes as well. So... We'll run through these sponsors here, but it's Coastal Motorcycle Centre, it's Goat Brand MX, Thor MX Australia, Michelin Australia, Ringmaster Images, Helltech Australia, Bolt Everywhere, Rip Clear Australia, Ryko Australia, and Zaxxon Esco Motorcycle Repairs. Thank you very much for being a part of the Always Moto Fantasy League on the Pulp MX game. All right, let's take a quick break here on the Always Moto podcast. Uh, we're going to come back with the emergency department. Uh, and like I said, a bit of a shorter show tonight because we don't have Ben Grinley to bounce some of these things off and talk shit with. So while he's laid up, we'll just have to make do with a shorter show, everybody. But yeah, stick around. We'll be back with more after this break. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm Devin Harriman. I'm number 97. And I've been racing Supercross in the States, and I will be racing some outdoors. All right, guys and girls, we are back on the Always Moto podcast and we are on the YouTube channel at the same time. So if you aren't watching, you should be. And if you aren't listening, you should be. So find us on either platforms on your favorite podcast player or on our YouTube channel. Make sure you follow and subscribe on each of those platforms. But we are ready to jump into the emergency department, give you the updates from those injuries that happened at Bud's Creek and looking ahead to this weekend's race at Ironman. So let's get into it. The emergency department, all the injuries, all the gory details, and when they'll be back on track. It's the list you really don't want to be on. You do not want to be on the list. We tell you this every week and it doesn't change. It's always a painful list to be a part of, unfortunately. Now let's get straight into these. There's only a short couple of things to go through this week. And of course, the main one that we're going to talk about was the red flag that happened in the 250 Moto 1 that, uh, as everyone saw, stuffed up the race for Hayden Deegan, unfortunately. But when rider safety is the issue, the red flag is necessary. Uh, obviously, they're talking about different things with the start uh, restart of that race that will change, but we're here to talk about the injury. So let's see who it was. And if, unfortunately, it was Hardy Mooners uh, on that 99 um, HBI racing bike. Uh, he took a nasty fall into the face of a jump, managed to get land you know, face first into the jump, uh, managed to knock himself out, break his nose, and surprisingly, that is all. Now, interestingly enough, I heard on the Vital Post Race Purchase Conference um, some interesting information that as to reason as to why the race ended up being red flagged there. It's actually a, a Maryland state law that if anyone loses consciousness during a sporting event that they have to call a helicopter. Uh, so that was some really good information there from uh, Michael Lindsay there on Vital, um, something that you probably wouldn't have heard you know, heard otherwise. So well done on that for Michael. Um, but it's an interesting uh, law that they've got in place there and probably something that maybe is a little bit over the top in terms of getting a helicopter. Maybe they need to get like an ambulance ride to be checked at a, at a hospital. Um, 
But in terms of doing something about head injuries, the government in that area has done something. So well done to them. But yeah, so Hardy has put out an update. He's okay, uh, but he'll be recovering. He won't be on the list this weekend for Ironman, so he is out. He'll be on that concussion protocol. If all goes well, and I'm not sure exactly where he's at with SMX points, uh, but he might be able to be back for those because there is a weekend off after this weekend before the SMX starts uh, in two weeks' time. So have to keep an eye on that, and we'll update you that on our future shows. All right, another one, uh, another injury, but actually coming back this week at Ironman. Now, it's not actually an injury as such, but it's a, an issue that he's had some medical treatment for. Jerry Robin, the privateer, uh, had a couple of weeks there where he's had some issue with his elbow, and he actually had an infection in his elbow that he had to get drained and then had to have a course of antibiotics, and it's meant he's been off the bike for a couple of weeks. Now, he's only back on for a few days of riding in recent times, and he's going to turn up at Ironman and give it a go, which is awesome. Don't expect him to be fully fit. Don't expect him to be making it through these whole mains, uh, the whole motos at a steady pace. He'd probably drop off here, but... Good to see that he's making his way back. Probably trying to get some seat time in for those uh, super motocross rounds as well. Not, again, not sure of his point situation, but at least he's making a comeback, uh, trying to get that final round in for the outdoor series there. Um, just, yeah, odd situation for Jerry. Not sure how he actually got that infection, but he did get one, um, whether it was some sort of penetrating object, you know, whether it was from at the race, whether it was something he did at home. Not exactly sure. I haven't been able to touch base with Jerry on that one, but... Interesting situation all around, but at least the infection has cleared up and he's good to go. Um, and catching up on one other injury that we found out about just this week, uh, it's actually from Unadilla, so the round before. Uh, Trevor Smith, privateer, managed to stick his foot down in a rut, twist his leg, managed to get a lower leg fracture. So he's also been out uh, last week at Buds Creek and he's out again for this week at, uh, at uh, Ironman. So... Not, a, not the way he wanted to end the season, but that's how it goes sometimes, unfortunately. So another injury there to add to our list. Then we'll do a further update. So something to look out for you guys and girls out there with our YouTube channel, with the podcast next episode. We will do a summary of the motocross injuries, uh, get all the numbers, how many there was, break it down in terms of you know concussions, fractures, all those sorts of things that we do here on the Always Moto Podcast uh, and give you that inside information about the injuries in our sport. So... Keep an eye out for that. That will be coming out probably next week or the week after. So keep your watch um, set. We'll, it'll be you know, releasing here soon. All right, that's the injury updates for the emergency department this week with the Always Moto podcast and YouTube. If you are watching on the YouTube, you need to switch over to the podcast right now because this is the end of the YouTube episode. If you're on the podcast, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with more podcast. I'm Brighton Carroll, riding for Team TCD, and you're listening to the Always Moto podcast. All right, guys and girls, joining us again on the Always Moto podcast. He's been with us once before, uh, but it was a little while back, and he's, he's come on again. Uh, he's unfortunately had another injury this past season in Supercross, uh, but he's making uh, he's working his way back on a bike in recent times. It's the number 282 from madpartskawasaki.com. Oh, madparts.com, Kawasaki. Uh, it's Bubba Pauly. How are we doing, Bubba? I'm doing pretty good. That's the way, man. I butchered the intro there. I, I made the, made a good dot com error. What's the actual right way of saying that? <laughs> uh, MattParts.com, Kawasaki Race Team. There we go. That's much better from the man who should know. Now, you're running that team yourself, aren't you? 
Yeah, I'm the uh, owner, manager, writer, kind of everything. I got a lot of good guys helping me out as well. Um, got a good assistant manager and some other uh, – got a crew chief this year that's new to the program and, uh, you know, good mechanics, plenty of sponsors that are helping out. Everybody's good, good there and, of course, all the riders and stuff. So it's a big effort. I can't claim everything. No, but you're obviously you're pulling this all together to some degree you know, as the centerpiece. So nice work on all of those things. It's a few hats to wear and – Busy, busy times on race days, I bet for you. But um, no, it's a nice, nice setup you've got going on there. So well done on that side of things. Now, this is obviously a bit of an injury check-in for yourself, and and see where things have been been going. You had that nasty injury there in Supercross at round nine at Indy this year, um, and I got to say, there's like for myself as a physio and looking at injuries, you know, most days and getting photos of you know some gruesome stuff at times. Your photo when I saw the thumb injury, it actually made me cringe a little bit, which doesn't happen too often. Yeah, it was uh, not the most glamorous thing, that's for sure. <laughs> looking back on it, I, I don't even like looking at pictures of it. Of course, I had to live it, so I was like, there was no no way around it then. Yeah, no, I think it was, it was the picture, the one that really got me, like, you know, the actual bit of it being you know, the end of the tip being chopped off wasn't really the one. It was the one where you had the tip and the actual um, tendon sort of wrapped up along next to it, still sitting there attached. That sort of, that was the one that got me. I was like, ooh, that's different. Like, that doesn't happen too often. Yeah, it was like something you'd see on Halloween or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, that was, yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty real. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely at that moment in time. Yeah, that's a that's an odd one, and the fact that it pulled it out from up the arm uh, and just stayed attached to the tip, like I said, that's that's unusual, and that sort of just made me go, oh, um, okay, I'm not sure how I feel about that picture. <laughs> <laughs> but look, things are obviously going better for you now. Um, you had a, an interesting time in hospital with with some some little creepy crawly friends of yours that you got to play with there for a while, some leeches. Um, but we've moved past all that side of things. The, the thumb didn't end up staying on there, did it? The tip didn't actually stay. It didn't take in the end. No, so I was in the hospital for eight days with leech therapy, um, and it was basically every two hours interval um, just to keep the blood moving through the, the piece that they tried to reattach, and it, it didn't work. So, um, you know, they had it pinned and everything, and it was about seven-and-a-half-hour surgery. Um, trying to do that immediately after, uh, you know, after the race when I got to the hospital. So, um, so that was a fun time. Um, and then I, you know, I came home and saw another doctor here and then they did surgery again pretty quickly, um, to get, uh, basically to, to clean that up, take that piece off. They had to do an, an artery graft, uh, from my index finger, carried that over there, cleaned off the remaining part of my thumb. So that would stay functional and so keep blood flow through there. So um, it was, uh, it ended up being about two weeks from the injury to the second post-op day, I guess, from the second surgery. Um, so then it was time to recover from there. So, you know, of course I had, the, you know, a hard cast up to basically almost my shoulder um, with my hand that was kind of in like a, half a fist motion um and that was for two weeks and then uh got that off and then it was time to start moving stuff and you know of course i had all the incisions and they you know stole some of the muscle and tissue and everything from my index finger and so my whole hand was pretty wrecked um 
and then just trying to relearn everything was was pretty difficult. So uh, it was a lot more work than I thought originally. I was just like, okay, yeah, we'll get this off, stitches will heal up, and we'll just be back to normal. But it wasn't really the case. No, it's kind of an important part of the body as much as it's only a small bit that you, you've, you've lost there it's kind of critical for a lot of things especially you know your hands are obviously super important the thumb even more so to make those little gripping and grasping moments actually happen so yeah you've obviously had to relearn a bunch of stuff at home but you sound like you've been doing all right. You were telling me before we hit record here, you've been doing some uh, some uh, installation work this week for some for some people so it's um, obviously not holding you back at the moment yeah it's uh you know i i try to just kind of ignore everything really from the beginning like it's not that big of a deal it's not that big of a deal and um you know the the, met, the mindset coach that i work with you know he told me he's like it's it's okay to to be a little scared right now you know and because i i think i was just hiding it really didn't really want to accept it um but uh, I mean, really, like my day-to-day life is, you know, for the rest of my life, it's going to be slightly different than it than it ever was before. Um, and you know, I was just kind of playing it off like it was just a small thing. So um, daily activities, still, you know, obviously, I struggle with a lot of just little things, you know, like putting putting together, uh, you know, little, say, working on a, a motorcycle or you know cooking in the kitchen, you know, for example, those are, uh, you know, difficult things for me, for sure. Riding actually kind of got to a point to where it's not too bad now. Um, it was a, a big mental block first. That was probably the hardest thing to get over. Yeah. You're probably just thinking about, you know, how do I hold on to this when it wasn't really that big of an issue to do. Obviously you've been, now you've been back on the bike for a couple of weeks or so now or months even i think from from some of the pictures you've been been popping up on your social channels there and doing some uh, some fair races how's that been going yeah so um looking back on it it was pretty quick when i started riding of course in the moment you're like this is forever i want to get after it like i don't want to wait any longer so you know now it's been uh you know almost six months i guess is right around six months um so it's like wow you know that three month mark was like that was nothing and big in the grand scheme of things so um yeah yeah, i started riding um i want to say three and a half months or so um and then you know here in the midwest we got a lot of uh you know little fair supercross races that we go and do and uh, there's quite a bit of them i did uh 17 races in about seven weeks so um so a whole supercross season yeah whole supercross season within seven weeks uh you know and they're all like stadium style tracks um so it it's not super demanding on the body to do those but the intensity is high look at some fast guys that show up to race for those things and you know uh so the intensity is no joke and uh really probably the first 12 or so races i was like just pretty cautious not that i was trying to be cautious i just couldn't push myself you know i was talking to my fiance about it and i was just like i was so frustrated coming home from all the races i was just like i cannot get out of my comfort zone at all no matter how hard i try i was not tired at any race like at all like i'm not even breathing hard when i come off the track and i'm like why is this you know like and I, i think a lot of it was just like subconsciously my mind was just like 
don't don't crash because it was such a little crash when i went down um just wash the front end out in a turn and you know it was just like that it's like you know piece of your life changes forever so it's like i think some of that was just like kind of holding me back and then i got to a point to where um it was just one of those races and i just you know i think i got a bad start and track was hard to pass on and the passing quite a few guys and you know that kind of pushed me a little bit and uh things got better from there and then each race after that the last five or so races i did were i was able to push a little bit more and and that made it um sort of elevate my confidence you know just kind of started you know one motion kind of stepped up to the next one and uh so feeling pretty good on the bike now um you know my hand some days when i get done racing it's like feels like a piece of wood this is like there's no feeling in it and it's like really stiff and it's just like eh. but uh you know other days where it's like hey you know, feel you know relatively fine on the bike um you know for the most part i guess there's still issues i'm dealing with but pulling the clutch lever is difficult to to a certain extent you know i have to think about it it's not like a natural act action right now just because the trauma and stuff in the hand so it's kind of like a little frustrating um you, you know when you're trying to race to at a high intensity did you make any changes to that in terms of like you leave up you know the pull distance or the type of lever or anything to try and you know or the grip size or anything like that Have you um, to make this easier or not really got to that point yet yeah so we did um obviously during rehab the uh the ot i was working with um we tried different little um, kind of like a prosthetic type of piece to, to help grip more, kind of give me some more leverage and more of a hook. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really good when I started riding. I was just riding corner tracks and I wasn't hitting any jumps or anything like that. Um, and I was like, man, this is great. Like, if I ride with it, it's awesome. If I take it off, it's like my hand just kind of like bounces off the handlebars and there's no way I can pull the clutch in. Yeah. Um, and then I started hitting jumps and it just was creating like a leverage point kind of near the base of my thumb and and we had shoot five or six seven different combinations that we tried and kind of moving that piece around and making one shorter long longer and having you know just different liner in it and some silicone pushing the inside of it and a lot of i just felt like if i was going to like case a jump or land really hard like something was going to give and it was just going to hinge off of that that piece and i did not feel comfortable with that i said you know what i need to just I need to kind of figure this out without that piece. Um, and, uh, so it's almost like I took, you know, five or six steps backwards at that point, but I was like, that's the move I need to make right now. So I did that. Um, I, I, I ride with, a a, a silicone sleeve essentially because of the nerves inside my hand are really sensitive. So, um, it's, it's pretty thick. Um, so it, it does, it absorbs a lot. Um, and it's, I tried riding without it and it was like, there's no way I can ride without it. <laughs> um, yeah, just cause it's like, you know, pulling the clutch in, you know, you're like gripping in and the web space and the inside of my thumb is that's where a lot of that nerve damage is. So, um, it's like, you know, little electric shock. It's like, ah, not good. So, um, so yeah, so I ride with that. Um, and then, um, yeah, just try to, make sure I stay forward on the bike as much as possible so I can keep the pressure down. If I'm getting, you know, on the back of the bike, then obviously I don't have as much grip strength. So, 
um, being pushed is great. Being pulled is, is not so great. So, um, so which, you know, I, I tend to try to ride like that anyway. So well, that's, makes me, yeah, hold me more accountable. <laughs> you work out that technique sort of thing. So obviously, like you said, keep the pressure on it and rather than, you know, having it move away from your hand, cause that's when you, you won't be able to hold onto it as well as you, you did before. So yeah, interesting things mm-hmm. to just sort of work around and, and, and obviously get past in these early stages of dealing with this now. But you sort of touched on something before, and I want to come back to it because it's something that I sort of have had recently for myself. I've had some, probably since we last talked, I've had a big injury to myself a year or so ago, and I've only just been getting back on the bike. Um, And you were talking about that whole mental block about not being able to push yourself and, you know, not going past a certain pace, but... Have you actually had that little crash, even just a tiny tip over anything since this? Because I found that when I had that finally and I fell onto the side that, um, you know, was injured and it, nothing happened, I sort of had this like click in my brain where I was like, oh, I'm, okay, I'm actually okay. And then I could, I went faster after that point. Yeah, I actually, oh man, I want to say I went, it was pretty recent really. I went probably about two months um, without a crash at all. Like not even a little tip over, nothing like losing the front end, nothing. And I was was like kind of getting frustrated. I'm like, man, like, yeah, I need to have that happen. And, uh, you know, it was in a race when it finally happened. And uh, yeah, I washed my front end out in a turn and, uh, you know, I was kind of like, oh man, like, okay, that was good. (laughs) Uh, It was like a sense of relief. And then I had a couple other little ones since then, but nothing, uh, obviously no big crashes, but, um, but yeah, I think that helps. And it's one of those things where, you know, like mentally I try to be strong and not let those things affect me. And it's, I think it's on a subconscious level though, like consciously, like I don't care at all. Like, you know, Hey, like I want to crash, but it's just like those little actions, you know, like, your body just doesn't want to do that um no matter how hard you try to force it yeah it's it's kind of crazy you know uh you know because most of the times that you know any injuries i've had typically been like you know big crashes you know violent crashes you know things like that and it's like with this it was one of those things where it was like yeah and then obviously the nerve damage and stuff too is still like programming into my mind where it's like it's not right it's not right like mm. you know every time i go to crack an egg my hand just kind of goes through it like i need to figure out how to do it with one hand but <laughs> um you know so like, i put my thumb and it just goes like right through the egg like every time I'm like <laughs> yeah, uh, that same perception of the pressure that you would have had in the past so yeah those silly little things like that are what's going to stand out to you at some point and be like, you know, you'll do it one day and be like, oh, I finally figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my fiance, she gets worked up or kind of yells at me sometimes because I'll, I'll be making breakfast or something. No. Mother effer. Just because I'm like, she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, there's eggshells all in the pan. I'm just like, <laughs> she's like, that's it? Really? That's what you're mad about? I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, I shouldn't have this problem. I feel your pain, man. I know exactly what you're talking about from those little things because they can be one thing that just really ticks you off that the injury has taken away that simple point in life to make it function. But, oh, look, if in the in the big scheme of things, if that's it, that's not really that bad. So, 
you know. Yeah. The, in the moment, I can understand that the mother effing, but <laughs> take a step back and it's, uh, it's not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Now, so. With, with all these fair races and stuff, obviously with this team of yours that you, you'd normally, you know, line up for every year, um, what is the plan for Supercross and beyond? Are you... Are you trying to come back and do the, the you know the full pro scene seventeen rounds of Supercross in twenty twenty four? Are we up to that point? Have we even thought of that yet? Yeah, that's definitely the plan right now. Um, obviously, after my injury, I didn't. There was quite a while where I, I didn't know if I would be able to. Um, you know, didn't know what that looked like. Obviously, it's not a typical injury. I didn't know how well I would be able to function. You know, and then kind of getting back to it now, it's like okay, I can do this. Um, so I haven't been on a full super cross track yet, but, um, you know, I've been riding and racing enough. I, I know I've been doing this long enough. So, um, you know, if it was like a big violent crash, you know, something, and I, it, it would have been easier, I guess, to, to, you know, okay, like, I don't know about this. Um, but it was, you know, such a small, easy, basic little tip over. I was like, I want to do whatever I can to make sure that this not, that's not what ends my career, um, professionally. So, um, you know, obviously I didn't know for a while, so it's kind of, you're just holding your breath and then got to a point now where it's like, okay, no, I'm good. Um, you know, but like I said, I had the same injury, but I went, you know, did three front flips or rhythm section or something. And, you know, it's like, well, you know, okay. You know, like, <laughs> but from something so small, I was like, I'm not letting that happen. So, no, that's um, it's good mindset that you've got there. You obviously, you've worked past a few things by the sounds of it with, with, with where you're at mentally on this side of things. And yeah, I, I do agree that the bigger the crash, that would have been harder to go back to. But the fact it was pretty much tiny, wasn't it? It was just a tip over in a corner. So yeah, you can sort of get past that. And just, that was a bit of a freak accident for you, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It was not, uh, not not how I envisioned my season ending there, you know, um, but getting carted off from the floor there. And, you know, even before I got on the, the medic mule, I was like, this is the last time I'm going to be on a super crash track from a crash in a turn. Like, you know, it, would, it scared me right away, of course, you know, but I was just like immediately, you know, seeing the tendon out and, and seeing, I didn't know how much of my thumb was gone, you know, but just seeing bone because I hurry up and just covered it because it was bleeding pretty crazy. So, um, I was just like in such disbelief. I'm like, this is a dream. This is not happen. There's no way this happened, but, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. I didn't know what the reason was. And looking back on it now, like I was in not a very good place with, you know, the team and racing myself and everything like that. I, I needed a real reset and I didn't, you know, it is really a real reset. Like <laughs> I want to go back to racing and enjoy it and be comfortable on the bike and be there to race. Obviously I have the team and that responsibility, but, um, you know, I brought on hired some more guys and stuff to help run that and everything. So, um, you know, I want to come back to racing supercross and, and, uh, you know, be, be the best that I can be, um, and, and enjoy it. And last year really wasn't that much fun. Cause I was so distracted and busy doing everything else that I really shouldn't have been doing anyway. 
Oh, and that's like you said, that potentially might have been why the the crash, you know, kind of happened, and you needed that for for a different reason than just yeah, obviously the injury sucks, but yeah, you're obviously looking at things a bit differently and going to do things differently in 2024 by the sounds of it. So, but I think the, in the main part of all this, um, you, you're there, you're coming back. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely uh, all in. Um, you know, like I said, I had those those conversations, you know, with my fiance, and uh, yeah, she'll be my wife here in about a month. So, so that'll be exciting. And uh, but uh, thank you, thank you. Um, so, you know, we had those conversations where it's like, you know, hey, like if we're gonna do this. Like, you know, it's, it's we're we're all in on this. We're not, you know, tiptoeing around or anything. You know, it's like all you know all my effort is going into making sure that that i do this the right way and don't just go back to where i was before because i wasn't i wasn't happy last year um and there's no sense in me going through all of this and then just going back to the same position i was last year we're not being happy so um so yeah you know that's where that's where that you know takes us um you know so one other, one other thing of getting married that was probably the most disappointing thing so far um with this injury is is my left hand and we went to try on wedding rings and you know i got a bunch of scarred tissue and a nub thumb and everything and i put a wedding ring on and i was just like man that just takes away everything from looking at a ring on my finger like <laughs> uh i was just kind of disappointed in myself but uh after reading and, the, uh, the hands on the bouquet flower shots you know with the rings on yeah to cover your thumb or something <laughs> work on that yeah one. she doesn't care yeah she doesn't care but i i it makes me mad because it was such like a little thing and i'm just like man like you know at least for her you know but I want to, you know, give her my best and be the best that I can be. But it's, uh, it was kind of disappointing, you know. I, I guess it could be worse if I was a girl and I had the, you know, girls get all flashy with the rings and everything. So <laughs> that'd be really bad for a girl. But, uh, but no, we're we're doing good. So oh, she uh, she doesn't mind. It's just. Yeah, no, look, that's that's good to hear. And yeah, look, obviously there's ways around it. There's Photoshop and stuff. You can you can make the pictures work, mate. It's all it's all good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be happy as long as you're standing there and you're looking smart on the day, you know, and the rest of the outfit, she won't even notice the rest of it. So no, look, it'll be it'll be a good ah. time for you in a couple of weeks and hope all that goes well for you. But look, Bubba, thank you for some time here on the Always Moto podcast and we're really glad to hear that you're doing well. Um, and that is you're back on the bike too because like I said at the start the the injury did make me go ooh you know have a bit of a cringe moment which doesn't happen too often for me and it's nice to see that things have worked out reasonably well for you mate yeah no I appreciate that and uh, you know a lot, a lot of people are asking about the injury and man every time I go to the track it's just like let me see your thumb how's it going blah, blah, blah. so it's like stories on repeat all the time so uh you know it's uh part of being a professional you know people uh people want to know what you're doing and, and uh, how things go and you know got to share that share that story so thank you for for having me on here and and sharing that no definitely it's part of what we do here with the injury side of things on the always motor podcast but yeah look thank you for your time um glad you're doing well good luck with the wedding i look forward to seeing some pictures on the social in a week or two in a couple of weeks and um yeah appreciate your time Bubba. sounds good thank you hey guys this is grant harlan and this is the always moto podcast
All right, guys and girls, we are back. Thanks for sticking around on the Always Moto podcast. And thanks for checking out that interview there with Bubba Pauly. Great to check in with him after that injury. And like I said during the interview, it's not too often that I look at a picture of an injury and sort of have a bit of a cringe moment these days. It takes a fair bit, but his one got me when I saw it with that little tendon wrapped up there next to the um, the chopped off thumb tip uh it was a bit of a oof moment for me which doesn't happen too often these days i see plenty of images of uh injuries when in my day-to-day job uh being in 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 the industry of injuries and yeah that one got me so yeah he, he ticked up something that doesn't happen too often but yeah it's good to see that he's doing really well and looking to be back for supercross 2024 all right little bit of a teaser here before we finish off this episode of the always moto podcast we're going to be running a little bit of a uh, living with the Sherco SC300 Factory 2023 edition here on the podcast. So we're going to have over the next few months, basically, um, as we get along with this bike, some some podcast episodes based around the Sherco and the things that we've been able to do with it, not do with it, things we've discovered, um, something along the lines of trying to get a rear sprocket for it, which I'll tell you more about in our first episode of that, which will be coming here very, very shortly. So keep an eye on out for that. Uh, if you have any mates with a Sherco, if you're thinking about getting a Sherco, you should be checking these podcasts out as they come to you. Um, but yeah, pass them around, share them, tell your mates, let them get in on this action because you're going to hear some stuff that you won't hear anywhere else because one, I purchased this bike. Yes, I got a deal on it, but yes, I purchased it with my own money because I wanted to uh, and you're going to hear most of what I think firsthand about the bike and about the products and how the experience is of getting things for it because it's not a mainstream bike. It's not a it's not a Kawasaki. It's not a Yamaha. It's not a KDM or a, or a Husky. It's outside of those normal ranges of bikes. So things are going to be a little bit different and difficult to get at times. I at least expect to anyway. So we'll see how that all goes and we'll be telling you all about it as we go through. So little little teaser, um, something to look forward to here on the Always Moto podcast. All right, let's wrap this show up. Thanks for listening this week. Thanks, guys and girls, for being a part of it with us as well. Um, don't forget to send in those T-shirt orders to our email, info at alwaysmoto.com. Follow us on our social medias to stay up to date with all things injury and moto. Search Always Moto and then follow and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed and if your app allows, please leave us a rating. It means a lot. It makes sure that this podcast keeps getting promoted in the feed so that more people find us, more sponsors will come on board uh, and just generally it would be better listening experience for everybody because there'll be giveaways, there'll be more content, we'll get further you know, interviews with more higher profile people uh, and like you've seen so far, if you've been a listener of the show for a while with our post-race interviews, we don't ask the same questions that we that all the other media outlets do. We're in a different angle. We're looking at things in a bit more of a light that you want to know. Uh, so you want to hear it from us. So make sure you're supporting it. Share the page around if you can on your own social channels to get more people in. But that's it for the show. Thanks for thanks to the show supporters, Competitive Edge Performance, Slantboard Guy, Endurance Recovery Boots, and Tech 167 3D Printing for the show support. Don't forget to check out all of our written articles over on fullnoise.com.au and soon to have additional content on alwaysmoto.com. Thanks to the contract. Oh, maybe not thanks to the contract this week. He didn't really do shit, did he? He didn't even come on. You know, Had a big weekend and he's just left us for dead. But anyway, he's recovering. We'll see him next week. Thanks to the Fantasy League sponsors. Thanks to you guys and girls for listening. Remember, you've got to be smooth to be fast because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you deep in the emergency department, maybe even the clinic having strapping tape thrown wherever it will stick. <laughs>